0: Have you ever been watching a movie and it's a lovely romantic comedy where the male lead looks into the female lead's eyes after the horrible miscommunication that they had and they realize that the ending will be happy and you as the viewer look at that and goes, this needs more dead bodies.
1: Hello, this (laughs) is What Do You Like? With a cold open, performed by Maria.
0: And with me is...
1: Hunter. Hello! Hi, how are you today?
0: And today's subject is the genre of horror. A genre that is very near and dear to my heart, ironically. Because I used to hate horror for a long time. Um, As a kid, I had a very overactive imagination. My dad brought me to go see... Spirited Away by Hayao Miyazaki. Beautiful film. Deserves all the accolades it has received. And No Face scared the ever-loving shit out of me.
1: Which is a fair and appropriate reaction from the bits of Spirited Away that I've seen.
0: Yes, but after my dad was finished kicking himself because he was like, I thought it was going to be an animated movie. She said she liked animated movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is a different, fun, and exciting problem. Animation is, we, we're getting off topic. We've already picked a gigantic topic. We cannot go off on a digression about animation less than two minutes in. We need to carry on. But
0: my point is, is that that was Kid Me and Adult Me adores horror. I love all forms of horror media, the Junji Ito mangas, the um, campy horror box office bombs that became cult classics, the old horror literature like the Yellow Wallpaper or H.P. Lovecraft, as I've mentioned, or Frankenstein by Mary Shelley, you name it. I will find a reason to love it for most things. There are some there's nothing is perfect, but usually all aspects, I will have an enjoy a piece of enjoyment for it.
1: And horror is not a genre that I reach for often. When I do, I enjoy it, but I definitely need to be in the right headspace for it. So I think Maria's a lot more gung ho on it, which is super cool. And I love that about her. No, oh. And she's great. Thanks. And... I can appreciate it, even if it is a thing that I think I need to be in the right headspace, and that's not as often as I think Maria is in that headspace.
0: I will admit, like you know, it does, some some of them, like I think the uh, the Conjuring. We were watching it with friends, um, James Wan's the first movie in the Conjuring series by James Wan. There is a jump scare that did give me, scare the ever living daylights out of me. And so it's not like I think all forms of horror, like it doesn't scare me. It does. I like being scared. I also like what horror does when it makes you think. Because it can be in any media, any content creation, you can add horror to it. And it can also completely change the direction that it's going. For example, recently rediscovered the movie Bone Tomahawk, which starts off as kind of a old western you know and it becomes this brutal horror movie and it is honestly fascinating just this lore building that happens within the movie with this tribe of people that the indigenous people are like we don't go near those people and that's your villain of the movie good luck it's a complete left turn of where this movie was going originally and I love it and some of the most really nasty scenes I've seen in like for
1: like special effects and body horror Um, you should really watch sunshine I know I've mentioned it before but without too many spoilers sunshine has a similar uh vibe to what you're describing yeah just updated slightly
0: Exactly, and I mean, Bonho- Tomahawk is not old.
1: Well, okay, updated in that the setting is not old, old West. West. Okay, it's space.
0: Yeah, well, in a similar vein, that's Alien. Well, I don't remember the exact marketing that was before me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Alien <laughs> did come out ten plus years before either of us were born.
0: We knew the uh, the twist at the end, but I do remember NPR doing a discussion on, because I think they were interviewing Sigourney Weaver and she, and they were just discussing about how her character in the beginning could be seen as the villain. Perceived
1: as. Perceived she is as. an antagonist. She
0: is initially an antagonist because she's following the rules and the rules are you need to isolate someone who's been contaminated, but the audience is probably thinking, why would you do that to one of your you know
1: one of your friends one of your crew members you're in this deep space mission you need to have everyone around
0: yeah but she's following the rules of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few and it turns out she's right and the first alien movie is truly a classic second one also very good and then things get weird
1: yeah, as with most trilogies. But yes. again, we've picked horror as a topic and we cannot get onto too many digressions.
0: I mean, that's the thing is some horror franchises change so much from point A to point B. Ten like point point M, <laughs> yeah. In terms of the number of sequels made, and it does get a little tired. But you can learn. But you can watch each one and love it for a different reason. One of them is very campy and over the top because it realizes it's ridiculous, and that's later in the franchise. What and the beginning is a truly was trying to go for something scary, and horror can be campy and over the top. And you can love it for that for just as the reason for scaring yourself. And you can love it for the over-the-top special effects and the and well-done special effects as well.
1: It is something that a lot of more recent horror movies got away from. I say, okay, let me back up here. There's so many remakes these days. Partly because people will go watch it. Again, different problem. Oh, we have so many digressions. Blair Witch Project... In our lifetime, has done a lot, has made a lot of changes to the horror genre, from my understanding. You're correct. Very small. Saw also has a huge impact. And remember, both of us weren't necessarily alive to see sort of the impact of Amityville Horror, The Exorcist, Jaws, Jaws. We weren't necessarily alive to have that full impact. So the points of reference that we have are. The Blair Witch Project, the first Saw movie, Hostel is one of the other big ones.
0: I freaking love Hostel. Hostel is such a good movie, but not for the reasons that you're probably thinking. Like, I won't deny it. Special effects, absolutely amazing. The acting's okay. Like, you know, they're doing well. Like, I like the the dis like one of the main scenes between one of the many, 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 many villains and uh, durotagonist Before he's about to do something really bad And it is gory and over the top And it is, you know Or gore porn And it is very, like You feel the impacts Of the brutal Like, you know, of the hits For for lack of a better word But it's well acted And the guy who is the businessman who plays that character? He's a really well-known um, actor, and his—I uh, forget which country he's from—and he does such a good job. Like he—he he has this um, monologue that is chilling, and he does it so well. Not to mention, I don't know if Eli Roth intended to do this initially, but Hostel is a really great snapshot of how American tourists—American tourists—were like when they traveled.
1: Oh, it absolutely was intentional. It would be insulting, I think, if it weren't intentional, because there's no way you would layer that much derision and that much dislike into it without it being intentional.
0: Well, I don't think it was the intent originally when he had this idea, because his intent originally was to do a documentary about murder tourism, which was a thing. But the more he looked into it, the more he realized he couldn't get enough sources to create a good documentary so but he had enough information that he could create a story from that and then that was around the time 9-11 happened and he was more observing what was going on and he was like oh and I can use this and that is what I think cemented Hostel, besides the gore porn as you know the cornerstone in horror that it is today
1: right because horror is a reflection of a society's concerns i am cribbing this from someone who i do not remember because i read it a while ago but you can track the sort of general fears through movies 1950s invasion of the body snatchers is thinly veiled concerns with communism concerns with losing your individuality because that was a whole thing 1960s, 70s concerns with commercialism, fears of zombies being overrun by a horde, 80s, 90s started to see a lot more vampires, fear of, without putting too fine a point on it, rich and wealthy. You can follow a lot of these lines.
0: Brian Usna has a movie called Society, which is straight up just the wealthy and the rich need to eat the poor in order to survive.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you look at more modern vampire retellings that is a very compelling through line of this is a predator that is more predatory than humans are, but horror tends to be able to show a reflection of something that society is concerned with or something that the author and the creators involved in it are concerned with. Looping back to Alien, one of the reasons that a lot of the scenes are so weighted in the way that they are is that it is a concern with motherhood. That's a pretty common through line through Alien. Yep. And like, something violently bursting out of a person. Gee, I wonder where that idea comes from. Mm-hmm.
0: And it makes sense that the idea of vampires was started by um, the husband of Mary Shelley. He didn't, obviously Bram Stoker wrote, the, uh, wrote Dracula, which is what made vampires famous, but it was Mary Shelley's husband, whose name escapes me, who came up with the idea. Supposedly, it was during the same meeting of the minds that where she, create, she pr- produced and pitched the idea of Frankenstein.
1: All right. It's not Lord Byron.
0: But that was, that's the story of how vampire, the concept of vampires um, was sort of put into literature. Because it always had been around in some form or another. um, Because people would open up graves for whatever reason and they would see people, the corpses, looking severely disfigured and they would think and like have blood coming out of their mouths. And so they were like, oh, they must be drinking blood. But Mary Shelley's book, Frankenstein, is a look at the refusal to accept consequences and the refusal to take responsibility for not thinking through with your. Actions to do something for the purpose of knowledge alone, or to prove that you can do it, is maybe something that you've heard about. Maybe something that you know a really well-known book by Michael Crichton, which created a really well-known movie uh, by Steven Spielberg, and has the f- phrase "Before you even know what you had, it had you patented it and you sold it." Jeff Goldblum's character Ian Malcolm.
1: I know the movie for sure, definitely. But for any listeners who might not know the oblique references that Maria's making, what movie is that?
0: Jurassic Park. There's, and if you think about it more, there's also Reanimator, which was a story written by H.P. Lovecraft and was more, and was adapted and sort of, and created Herbert, uh, which was Herbert West's Reanimator, which was turned into Reanimator, starring Jeffrey Combs, a movie also by Brian Usna, Which is, again, instead of, oh, what folly we have, it's more a laughable romp with, you know, body horror as Herbert West gleefully tries to prove everyone that he's right. Herbert West is not the good guy. He's just the anti-hero, and he's played so beautifully by Jeffrey Combs that you can't help but enjoy the experience of watching the movie and watching him just cut a bloody swath through the cast Mm, (laughs) because he's just like i'll prove you right i'll show you i can make the world a better place by cheating death and never thinking about the problems that occur because he keeps using humans as his lab rats
1: lab rats is an insult to rats
0: i like the sequel where he's um or no i think it's the original or the first one where he's just like perts i've never tested it on with mm. <laughs> oh. it's just such a well well produced like scene if you're if you see it and you like Jeffrey Combs is acting he's a really prolific actor in horror and he is you know a treasure to the horror genre and I recommend you see movies with him in it but my point is these are all media this is all literature and film that has come up over many years from almost the start of horror to you know very recently and it hasn't changed and horror is a reflection of what people fear and we still fear it because it's still a problem and
1: or it's still something that people are concerned with
0: yes and it's improved i will give it that like checks and balances in the science lab world has improved a lot, but there's still that sort of threat over our heads where it says, if we're not careful with some you know breakthroughs, where do you think we'll end up? And it, it's stuff like that where you look over the fact that this is a, a concern and it has always been a concern that tells me that maybe humans aren't learning. <laughs>
1: I mean we know that for sure. I guess the horror in general tends to be fear of something. Fear of science is a very common one. Science is one of those things that comes up repeatedly because it doesn't necessarily speak for itself particularly well because
0: scientists is, scientists are not good at speaking for themselves. Trust me on this.
1: And again, a lot of it is this is a cool thing, but how does it make it better? Fear of technology is one of the other really big recurring things because let's be honest, the past 10 years of the tech industry have not been, you know, great bro- broadly speaking.
0: There's also sort of the fear of progress, not progress, but like people mo- trying to fear put- of change. Fear of change, people putting things forward but not thinking about where it could go wrong. And the fact that once you give it to a whole bunch of people and go, this is for you, this is how it can be better, they suddenly are stress testing it with how it can be exploited.
1: It is a genre that is very, very rich with what are consequences of this thing. And sometimes the consequences are, what are the consequences of murdering someone? Well, the murderer will come back and haunt you. The Sometimes murder victim. The murder victim will come back and haunt you. Or the murders that you committed will continue to prey on your psyche and all of that.
0: I mean, is the murder justified? Do you think the murder is justified? Does the audience think it's justified? Maybe at the time it is, but the the uh, the character might get eaten up inside and then that just starts the spiral. It is also, you know, a question of your inner your own inner demons. Because sometimes what scares others doesn't necessarily scare you. That's why, you know, stories like maybe the slasher genre might not, I mean, it scares me, but by the time we get to Jason in Space of the Friday the 13th franchise, you are kind of like, okay, this is getting kind of, yeah, I think it's a little silly, personally.
1: It's losing the unknown. And Mm -hmm. once you start explaining things, then the horror tends to be mitigated. With that said, one of the things that I really enjoy in the horror genre is the SCP Wiki, which is effectively a conglomeration of a bunch of research articles on things that we don't understand. And the horror in that tends to really come from the tone of how everything's written of how would you describe this portal to another world in dry scientific language? How do we contain this? Or how do we handle this?
0: What does SCP stand for?
1: Oh, SCP stands for Serve, Contain, Protect Mm. uh, is sort of one of the backronyms, But there's a ton of them and it's a wiki, so the writing is somewhat inconsistent. I'll be generous. It ends up being this shared collection of stories and shared collection of objects that can interact in different ways and do different things. I realize it's super broad, but it is a gigantic thing. And it's a lot of fun to poke through. And again, I have to be in the right mindset to want to read through it. But when I'm in the right mindset, there's definitely some good stuff out there. Like the one of the classic ones is the pot that won't stop making pasta, which is a funny concept until you come up to it won't stop making pasta ever well
0: that's you a, can't
1: stop making pasta
0: that's an old folktale
1: yeah it, it's an old folktale and the scp wiki read on it is how do we contain this and the short version is we put it in our lunchroom and you must eat some of this pasta it's not a choice
0: yeah it's a, it's actually if it's a it's kind of a common theme with um, children's stories the idea of I can control something I'm an I'm old enough to understand it I can do this and then it gets out of hand and it's only because you didn't listen see your elders from before or maybe didn't communicate that you would like to be more adult with with them in earshot and they tell you exactly how to control this new piece of me, uh piece of tech or piece of uh Eldritch horror it that creates of pasta it. sauce that creates Me- pasta. Um, I believe it's the Strega story. Yeah, she 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 has an assistant that does that quite a few times. But one of the other aspects of the horror genre is the so bad it's good. The cult classics, those are where you have that sort of nostalgic feeling. When someone creates a So Bad It's Good, that's a completely independent you know, thought compared to, or idea compared to previous ones. Um, for example, Basket Case, which is a cult classic now. I, Or if it's not, I think it should be. It was created by a director, completely funded by himself. He would have to stop production to go work on other projects so that way he could fund This movie that was his darling and he loves it. And does it look good? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) It's clearly on a shoestring budget. But again, it's that snapshot of the way society was at the time. Like if it was New York and it wasn't like glamorized movie New York, it was seedy underbelly New York. Because that was where they could film.
1: Again, 1970s New York is not great.
0: No, but from a film stu- student's perspective, like that's actually a really cool aspect of this, kind of weird as an understatement, really weird film. And its whole idea was used or lovingly adapted in the, the giallo-inspired film by James Wan called Malignant, which I also love for different reasons. Malignant is a fantastic movie. And I love just how absolutely nutty the whole thing is, but it's done, like, it's got that, like, glisten to it of, like, a well-made and produced and fully funded movie because after making so many movies that he didn't necessarily want to make but did and, like, putting effort, putting good effort into it, James Wan's like, let me make this one. This is what I want. No one's going to like it. Right. (laughs) I love it. And I think it genuinely has been well-received by people who like horror and know the references.
1: Right. Horror is a genre that lends itself to lower or no-budget movies in a way that I think something like an action-adventure doesn't necessarily. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Because action-adventure, you want to do not necessarily something different, but you want to show cool spaces or do something different. You want to show... An adventure, an escapism. Horror is a lot more grounded, or can be more grounded, and is more forgiving to lower budget stuff. If you fully commit to a horror movie, you've committed to a horror movie. But the output can either be it's funny or it's scary, and you don't get a lot of middle ground with that. Oddly enough, or at least you don't hear about the middle ground because there is a lot of mediocre art out there because. A lot of stuff is mediocre. That's fine. Yeah. Mediocre art is still art.
0: Uh, One of the main sources of how I consume horror media is Dead Meat uh, YouTube channel, which is hosted by James A. Janisse and his wife, Chelsea. And they have a podcast also where they dissect horror films and they like really sink their teeth into horror films.
1: Pun intended.
0: It is interesting i mean it's their take it's not and they're well educated in film but it is one point of view versus you know reading over many many papers about the horror genre so it is i won't say biased like they try not to be biased and they bring people on who have um not differing but like more like better points of view towards subjects for example They had an episode about uh, the prequel called Prey, um, which had a total, almost completely, not quite, uh, indigenous cast that also did voiceover work for the script so that it was in a native language. And when they brought, and neither of them... Are from our indigenous people. They uh, so they brought on a friend of theirs, Joey Clift, who is in the film industry, and he is a uh, indigenous. He's part of a tribe, and so it was good to see his point of view and take on it, which he absolutely adored the film, and so it fell in line with their what they thought as well. But you could see like exactly why those from indigenous tribes would like it. And the creation of horror genres with an indigenous cast is growing. And I really like that it is. And I hope that it gains a lot of success. So that's why I'm saying, you know, the um, main source of my horror knowledge is all of the research that they do into all of these horror movies. And if you are interested, you know, I highly recommend that you check these guys out as well. Right. But the, what I, my takeaway from it is listening to all of this is that horror movies that you look at, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which you look at it and you go, this, this is just a slasher there's nothing to it it's got a message it's well shot like there are some artfully done shots of all things in this film and it should be respected for what it has done because it also scared the ever-loving bejesus out of a lot of people
1: right it had a goal and it succeeded at that goal if you didn't want to go for that goal that doesn't mean it didn't succeed
0: and even if you go oh it's just horror it's just a horror movie it's got nothing to it i don't want to be scared i think and i'm not and i'm not saying that you should like oh you must watch it it's there was a lot of heart put into this it's very easy to just do a cash grab but it's not it's hard to become a classic from a cash grab.
1: Yeah, you need to still have everyone committed and everyone is committed throughout the creative process. For the vast majority of movies, people are committed. There's heart in them. Horror isn't an exception to that whole process. It's hard to make something. So dismissing something because of what it is is generally a bad idea because, you know, that's A, dumb and B, limiting your own horizons.
0: Yeah, and even like the really shoestring budget horror films, the idea of, I mean, you don't have to watch them and you don't have to like them, but to dismiss them is, which, you know, people do, not saying you, it definitely feels like horror gets the short end of the stick. I mean, you have stuff like that, like the the Puppet Master extended universe, by full moon features. You got to admit, it takes a lot of work to make those puppets. It takes a lot of work to make them move. And it takes a lot of passion to do that. And you know that it might not be fully respected as you're doing it, as you're creating it, but you're doing it anyway. So that says something.
1: Yeah. If you want to make something, but the advice that I've seen is just do it, make it. Cause the first things you make are not going to be good but it will be made. And that puts your voice out there. If you want to make something, make it, write it, draw it, whatever it is, just go ahead and do it. Do it for your own sake, which is not really horror related, but horror is a good way to get your foot in the door.
0: Yeah. I would say if you've got a, you know, you write out your horror ideas, share with them like the horrible moldings of your mind and maybe there will be other people who are down to help you make it a reality. And if you need insp- inspiration, there is a plethora of failed attempts out there. <laughs>
1: yeah, and even failed attempts is not the way I would think of it. They are attempts that didn't necessarily catch people in the same way. There's maybe evil
0: bong and llamageddon, which I didn't make them. So I have nowhere to no, uh judgment to make on those but they've been made.
1: Right. Somebody wanted to make a thing and they did. Mm-hmm. And they hoped it would make money, potentially, but they still made it. You still went through the heartache and the process of going through and making it.
0: I think a good series of movies to look at in terms of heart going into it and passion would be at least the beginnings of the Tremors franchise. Because you look at it face at face value, you look at it and don't look at really further you go it's about underground worms right it's kind of weird but at the same time all that effect work that went into being made the thoughts that went into making it look good and they do look good says a lot And, you know, in the beginning and then it got kind of silly, but then you can almost appreciate it for being so absolutely silly. But then it got lazy Mm. and that's when the problem happens, because now it's like I don't feel like people are enjoying themselves doing this. I feel like they're doing it because it's a paycheck, but that doesn't completely remove all the effort that went into it. You should also respect it for that as well. I'm just saying maybe start with like one through three or Mm. four. After four, you probably won't need to keep going.
1: (laughs) So I guess the whole thing that we're saying out of this is horror is a genre, and in and of itself, that doesn't mean that it is less than anything else. It is merely a genre. It may not be to your taste. It relatively frequently isn't to my taste, but that's where it's always so much more fun when you get a little hit of it in something else, like Inscription is a deck builder game that has horrendous scenes, which is great. Spoilers for Inscription, but when you die, the death animation is two hands coming out of a dark screen grabbing you. It's really upsetting the first time it happens.
0: I think even if you spoiled it, and if anyone wants to play it, it'll still be upsetting.
1: It's very upsetting. There are a lot more, much, much more upsetting sequences in it. It's great. You should play Inscription.
0: I think um, in terms of like the subtypes of horror, I really like old slashers. Like I think Black Christmas is a, arguably the first slasher because there is that, um, kind of like what came out first, Halloween or uh, Black Christmas, and I believe it was Black Christmas, a little uh, ditty of a Canadian horror film that I believe had the woman who played Lois Lane as one of the one of the victims, mm-hmm. and the best part is is that you don't know who. The killer is Mm. at the end there's no wrap up a pretty wrap up in a bow like you have ideas but it is that open-endedness and the remakes can go to hell like those just i feel like the remakes well by themselves maybe but when you look at the original you're just like but it had so much potential and i don't feel like it was used to that ability And sometimes another way you can look at it is it was great the way it was. It didn't need any more. And I love the slasher genre because... If you sort of dig more into like the behind the scenes of it, there's so many different ways these slasher sequels went, and it just gets more and more insane the farther it goes. And like this director leaves, and this director comes on, and that director never saw the previous movie, so he's like, I do it my way because this is a horrible series and I'm just doing it because I think it needs to be saved and then that movie gets made and then they bring on someone who actually likes it and it's sort of the ebb and flow of this universe and the more it builds up the crazier it gets and it's just a really fun ride right I love horror movie lore it's not a slasher but hands down favorite series is Hellraiser Mm. Hellraiser's lore and the moving past that in um in terms of comic bu- the comic book series and like all the other like Cenobites that are made is so like bizarre and inhuman in a sense, but at the same time I it it also makes me love it and and I'm fascinated by it.
1: I mean, they're literally not human. They are. That's, well, they wa- They are no longer human. Yes. Yeah, they're literally, no, they're literally inhuman. They're no longer human. Well, they're ex-humans. They, this is an ex-parrot.
0: They were. And so that humanity still is there in some form or another. And you want to think, like, what got them to this point? That's the thing that fascinates me, is how did you end up here? Hellraiser was created by Clive Barker and started off as his book, The Hellbound Heart, which he then adapted into a movie Hellraiser, and it introduced the hell priest who people probably know better as Pinhead, who was played by Doug Bradley, and uh, the whole cast is wonderful. I love, in the first movie, the woman who plays Julia. Mm. She does such a good job at being, like, not the main villain, but, like, one of the villains, and her rise from, as she puts it, from the evil stepmother to the evil queen is glorious and I'm just like yes yes I want it you deserve it right. <laughs> and the ideas behind the cenobites which is the hell the denizens of hell who carry out the their god's work is for me a different idea compared because it's not evil necessarily because they say you know we're either demons or angels. It depends on what you want. And in the book originally, because in the movie, you have to have some tension. So they actually, you know, kind of re-engine, like take away their deal. They offer the main character a deal. She fulfills it. And then they go, Aces, we're done. And then they leave. And that idea of if you're able to maintain your side of the bargain, we don't care. This is just a job they look terrifying they are insane but to them they're more confused why she doesn't want to join them because they love it and you know why can't you enjoy this just let us show you it it oh is such a great concept and they did a remake recently with Jamie Kennedy playing the hell priest and she does such again i keep going she does such a great job i the, all of the Cenobites are done really well. and But my personal favorite is one of them. She's kind of like the second in command. And the um, main character is looking around and she's saying like, I don't want this. I don't want it. And she is affronted. She's like, how dare you? How dare you not take our gifts? It's great. And that whole, like, their minds are so warped that they think... This is wonderful. And so to them, they're confused. That's horror. That's good horror. That's like, enjoy. Like, I kind of, it's almost just like, I love it.
1: (laughs) It is a different ethical system. It is a different morality, which creates a lot of problems down the line.
0: Yeah. I also like, there's one scene where, again, because the Cenobites always work in deals, to them, it's sort of like, trading goods for services in a sense, like solve our riddles three or solve our puzzle and we'll give you whatever you want, you know, as long as what you want is what we're gonna give you, you better know what we're gonna give you. And the main character says to the the second in command, you know, what if I don't give you this one, I give you someone else. And the light in the Cenobite's eyes as she goes, Ooh, I like you. you know, yeah, she, I like
1: the different deal.
0: She's like, you are going to be a great addition, but later, you think like us, and that is just. It was set. It's literally just two seconds of film, and I and I could. I almost could sense that. You know, it's like they'll be back, and it is. I think just well acted, well you know, well placed, well made. And, you know, people have issues, not issues, but like, you know, it's not a perfect movie, but I just love the idea so much. And that's why Hellraiser will be like my favorite horror series, because it is such a different, like you said, morality compared, like their, their ideas of morality are literally the opposite of what uh, our, our society thinks. And to me, they're just kind of, they're for in the beginning, they're just a little bit confused. Right.
1: Having the experience of a different morality and culture is something that can be very upsetting mm-hmm. because if you're realizing that somebody has a totally different value system to what you have, that's something that can shake your confidence if that's the first time you've ever experienced it. It's a lot. It's the same reason why the AI uprising is such a common theme in horror movies. This machine cannot tell the difference between flesh and metal and does not care is an alarming thing.
0: It's not the only instance of morality being different, but it is one that is, it's not created by humans, but it's always been there. And it's when humanity thinks that they, again, it's, I know how to control it, I know what I'm getting myself into and realizing that, no, no, I don't. And that I think is always been a fear that humans deal with.
1: Right. Horror. It's a good genre and horror movies are generally pretty good.
0: Yes. I think that even the ones that people that are like, ah, it's bad. There's still something to love about them most of the time. If watching horror movies and the gore that goes into it isn't your thing but you have an interest I recommend you know listening to people you know discuss horror movies because there's a lot of themes there that are important in this day and age even from the classics
1: right film criticism is a separate thing to horror and film criticism applies to films of which some of them are horror
0: yeah but if you heard ideas that you were like I would like to look into it more for example, some ideas that appear in horror is the dealing with racism in Candyman, another series written by Clive Barker. You have Texas Chainsaw Massacre has the whole class differentiation between city folk. It's almost city folk versus country folk. Right. And there's a lot of, uh, like, alien and there's a... Spe- uh, 't th- I think it's Mexican um, La Jucera is a um, film about like the horrors of pregnancy another theme that appears in horror there's a lot of things that if you want to kind of look into how it's being projected and how people view it horror is a good way of seeing it
1: yeah it tends to be a lot more hard on its sleeve because it's harder to tuck things away because a lot of them are horrifying I think that's Ultimately, what it comes down to is horror, because it has that lower barrier to entry, at least for movies, that lower barrier to entry means that it is easier to make something that's accessible because you, the creator, have accessibility to make it. You can't make your own action adventure.
0: You can certainly try.
1: It's certainly something.
0: (laughs) I think that's it. We hope you enjoyed and... We will put our contacts in the description. Say hi if you'd like. We always like it when people say hi. We do. And
1: because we'll take your soul.